Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with fitness pros who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Fitness 1440 in Erie, Colorado, Robbie Mock. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. Uh, let's dive right into it. Tell us what your club is all about, Fitness 1440 in, in Erie. So we are a locally owned 24-hour um, gym in the center of our town here in Colorado. And we are open 24 hours. We focus on making every minute count. Um, that's what Fitness 1440 is about. So we want to make sure that we are living a healthy lifestyle inside and outside of the gym. Um, so that's our focus. We've got lots of trainers. We've got lots of group classes. And we focus on um, helping and providing education for living a healthy lifestyle inside and outside of the gym. Um, so it's really a family. We're, you know, like I said, locally owned. So we like to, I like to make sure I know everybody at the gym. Awesome. So your background, um, you've been involved in fitness for a long time, but we're never officially a trainer. Um, so Give us a little bit of the, the backstory on how you got into uh, becoming a, a, a 1440 owner. Um, so we, my ex-husband and I have lived in this town for a couple years uh, when we moved here and we worked out at the, our local rec center, which was great, uh, but did notice that it was starting to become a little crowded because the town is growing so quickly. Um, so as business professionals, my ex-husband and I both decided that we would take a, you know, see, see the opportunity and take it and open a gym here locally that was large enough to accommodate everybody in this growing town um, and that pro that would provide all of the services that we do. Um, so it was definitely for the love of fitness, but a business choice, I guess. Got it. Our so you knew, you knew what you wanted in a fitness facility and had some, some ideas, some things about your own personal spin. And the opportunity was there because there weren't any other, you know, you had your rec center, no other commercial gyms in the area. So um, what drew you to the Fitness 1440 franchise as opposed to a different franchise or just doing it on your own? Um, so actually, Fitness 1440, um, the franchise itself has such a great, um, it has such a low fail rate, failure rate. I mean, there's out of over 50 Fitness 1440 franchises, I think the rate of failure was the percentage was so low that we just couldn't pass it up. And, you know, the buy-in was less. <laughs> so we didn't have to pay so much to buy into the franchise. Um, and we could, you know, run our gym kind of the way we wanted to. Um, so we're not really held down by a whole lot of rules and stuff. So you know, we get to run it the way we want. Um, and 
Steve Beach, the franchise owner, is probably one of the greatest dudes I've ever met. He's very helpful. You know, he always he's always there to help if we need it for sure. So we lucked out with with Fitness 1440 for sure. Awesome. So it, it sounds like it definitely was the right fit. And you you never know. Some people love their franchises. Some people, you know, have different different thoughts, but it sounds like you're a true believer there. So you got the facility up and running. It's been about two and a half years. You're here, made it, made it through on the other side of COVID. So I want to talk about really, you know, the the things that are working in this kind of new landscape, new, new post-COVID, if you will, business environment from you. And, you know, it's always, for me, start at the beginning. So you are, um, you know, above and beyond just an owner. You're active in the day-to-day, -day, all the big picture stuff. So let's start on the marketing side. What are you doing on the marketing side to continue to have people flowing in the doors with their hands raised trying to get into Fitness 1440? Um, so I do run a fair amount of promotions every month. You know, I'll run um, certain promotions for whatever holidays are coming. Um, I do a lot of sponsorships as far as the high schools go. We've got a large high school athlete or athletics. Um, we got a lot of high school athletes at our gym, I'll tell you, but they're great and they're all there to work out. So I do a lot of sponsoring with the high school, the elementaries. Um, I do corporate rates. So I go outside of our, you know, in our town ar around our surrounding businesses and give them corporate pricing. Um, <clears throat> I do a lot of Facebook, social media marketing really is, is, you know, the way that I get the word out to people in town that might know, not know we're here. Um, so a lot of social media stuff. And then we've got a newsletter that runs every month that, um, and we do a lot of, we're going to do the town fair next weekend. We do a lot of town events. Um, so lots of local stuff. So you're covering as many of the bases as oh, it sounds like as humanly possible there, the in-town yes. events, the hitting the corporate side of things, uh, going in, you know, being involved with the schools, the social media um, on the social media side, is it mostly just posts you're making that your followers see? Are you actually getting in there and running paid Facebook and Instagram advertisements? Is it kind of all of the above? Um, so I used to do the paid um, Facebook stuff and then I stopped doing that only because I started just posting on like our town's local page. So I'll post on our Erie, Colorado page, the buy and sell page, you know, next, next door, I think is what it's called the neighborhood mm -hmm. um app and then um just on facebook and instagram i post daily so i go on there and i post every day so so doing those things you're able to not not have to spend money on the paid side of things but you're still getting an adequate inflow of interest to to fill what your you know your expectations are for new people coming in yes I also, you know, like I said, our town is growing so quickly that we've got a lot of builders um, in the area and real estate agents, realtors. Um, so I do actually reach out to them and give them seven day trials to pass out to new 
to people that are moving into town. Um, and then the real estate agents, I run ads for them on my, I have ad TVs in the gym. So um, I do run ads for local real estate agents. We do trades, um, stuff like that. So you're going real heavy into the partnership aspect of it too. Definitely. And you know, that's the way to go. I mean, if you say to a real estate agent, I mean, this town is full of realtors, you know, I mean, it's a huge thing here because the house is for so much right right now. Um, and so if I say to a couple local realtors, Hey, put, put an ad for me on your welcome bag or in your welcome bag and I'll run an ad for you on my gym TV. You know, that's a great trade as far as I can see. It helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just as humans, we love to partake in, in any type of bartering or reciprocity. It, it feels, I mean, it's kind of just innate with us to do that rather than very, very formalized, you know, negotiated business kind of protracted things. It's just like, Hey, I'll do this. You do that. Great. This, this all works out pretty well. So, so that's, that's kind of where the, the majority of your inflow is, is coming from now. You've got multiple services in your gym, your standard open access, 24-7, personal training classes. Um, you've, you're above and beyond with having a smoothie bar on hand. Um, you do meal prep. There's, there's a ton of things that you're offering. So when somebody comes in and they're new, what does your process look like to help them navigate towards using the services are to get them the best results and, and work best in the business. Is it a lengthy consultation? Is it a sign up and, and kind of just staying in touch with them? How does that work out? Um, so I always offer a free consultation with one of my personal trainers um, when you sign up, because that is to me, I feel like a lot of people need that accountability. Um, and then we can see where they're at, you know, and some people need it and some people don't, but I always offer that. So um, I think that is a great way to get people pumped about, okay, starting uh, a, maybe a new healthy habit, right? So then we can go from once they do their consultation, we can see where they need help. Um, we can see where they need help. Um, so. Sorry. Okay. So once people are, they're in their members, you know, they're kind of, you know, whatever path they chose, do you have anything systematized where they get any kind of regular touch points, check-ins, or there trainers on the floor that, you know, try to find opportunities to help people get more value out of their membership? Yes, definitely. So, um, you know, we'll give them a call um, after they sign up within the first month. If they haven't done their free consultation, I have my head trainer, Dylan, he'll give them a call um, and ask them, hey, did you want to set that up? Um, you know, and then I, I like to be at the gym and touch base with everybody, new members, members that are, have been members since we opened, um, and just check in with people as often as I can, um, face to face. And also, you know, I will check in on people I haven't seen at the gym in a while and just see where they're at. A lot of times if somebody has kind of fallen off, I will just remind them, hey, you still have your free consultation with Dylan. Let's get that scheduled. Um, 
And then if somebody's looking to cancel because they're not using the gym too much, I like to give them a free month to try and keep them, see what we can do to get them re-motivated, you know? So I think the, the big thing there is a lot of gyms that maintain larger member bases, you know, have this, you know, a, a, some degree of self-service access, get the reputation of, we hope people pay and sign up and, and then don't show up, but you're actually right. keeping your finger on the pulse. And if you see somebody who's goes from coming three times a week to two or one or none, instead of just waiting until, you know, they cancel or their credit card declines one day, you're reaching out, kind of reminding them of their goals, whatever you talked about and, and trying to keep them engaged rather than just kind of burying your head in the sand and, and hoping they don't cancel. Exactly. Exactly. I want you to use your gym membership, you know, like I want you to be here. I want you to use it and feel better. I want you to, you know, put in the work and get the results that that's why you signed up for a gym membership to begin with. You know, I, I just prefer that people use their gym membership than pay for it and not come, you know, for sure. And I think that that perfectly leads to you uh, having a mindset of working on retention, working on engagement with clients over the long term, not just, hey, we signed you up, you know, your membership, you know, goes on file and that's it. So I know you have you have external promotions that you do to get people to come in and, and generate interest. What types of things have you done and what have you find works best to keep current members as engaged as possible? Um, so I actually do challenges quite frequently as far as, um, you know, if it be group fitness challenges, we've got a lot of ladies that love their group classes. So I always try to do something fun and run a challenge. You know, uh, it'll, it'll be bring this card in, get it signed every time you come to a class, get a point, somebody wins something great at the end of the month, you know? Um, so I like to run those kind of things. Um, and, you know, with throughout the gym, we like to do certain monthly things, themed spin classes, or we're going to do Top Gun. We're going to do a Top Gun ride because of the new Top Gun movie is coming out, you know? So we like to keep it fresh. I got an arm wrestling table. We're going to do an arm wrestling tournament. It's just, you know, I like to give things away. <laughs> that seems to keep people pumped, you know, prizes. They're always fun. So I like to give things away and run, you know, challenges. So do you tie anything into the the other kind of not as common services that you have? Like you have your smoothie bar, you have your meal prep service. Are those are those things you tie in with promotions? Are they things that you get the word out via um, your newsletter that you use? Like, how do you, I mean, they're obviously good additional revenue sources, but people that use more of, of our services and products also tend to stay engaged longer. So is there a way that you try to tie those together? Yeah, definitely. I give away um, a lot of free smoothies. So <laughs> you get a free smoothie for your birthday. You get a free smoothie if you bring a friend to the gym. You get a free smoothie for updating your checking account information, you know. So um, I do like to, to use the smoothies as enticements, you know. I give 
during Teacher Appreciation Week, we make probably a hundred and something smoothies to give away to the teachers uh, that are at the school next door to the gym. Um, and then we, of course, promote it in the in the um, newsletter every month. But really, our smoothies are very popular because they're delicious and full of protein. So, <laughs> all, all great combinations there. So. Are there, are there any other big services, products, general offerings that you don't have with the gym now that you want to add, you know, sometime short-term, long-term, long-term down the line? Is, are there any other things that are going to kick it around in your head that you want to do to just provide more value, more engagement with the clients? Yeah, um, I tried to get... Uh, like every Saturday, I have a lady who's doing massage therapy. Um, and I would really like that to pick up. I don't have a whole lot of, you know, traffic on that yet, but I'd like to get that going. Um, and some, we don't have a daycare for kids right now. We just kind of don't have kids at the gym, but um, I'd like to do maybe some sort of summer program for tweens you know like middle school age kids um and that kind of would get a bit of that mom foot traffic in the door you know so i don't know i i do have a couple of things rolling around as far as massage therapy goes and stuff like that to offer those services so with the the tweens program you're talking about something that the kids actually can get something out of versus just coming and getting some sort of babysitting, like actually something that you could build out some sort of fulfillment with. Yes, definitely. So um, Dylan, one of my head trainers, he specializes in youth athletics. So I think it's really important to get like middle school age kids off of their video games and, you know, into some sort of activity. Um, and I think just having different maybe weekly um, activities, hour-long classes for this age group would be great to just get them out of the house, off of their games, and, you know, into some sort of activity, some sort of physical activity, you know. Yeah, I, I do speak to a lot of gym owners. I know it can be counterintuitive to getting, getting kids away from electronics, but I, as adults, sometimes um, we're able to use, you know, different software pieces, apps, technology to kind of gamify some of the fitness stuff. So kind of the flip side of that, um, as you work, sounds very hard towards engagement, retention, um, getting people to have their goals. Is that something that you've gone down a path of at all? Do you use any kind of technology apps, anything interactive uh, and if so, how do you leverage that with, you know, making a better service for your clients? Um, well, we do have fitness on demand. I don't know if you've heard of fitness on demand, but mm -hmm. fitness on demand, we've got iPads in both of our group rooms. And so if there's not a class during specific hours that you need there to be a, a class with a instructor, um, you can use this iPad on the TV to pull up any class you want. I mean, there's hundreds of classes and then it plays on our big screens there in the spin room and in the group fitness room. So we do have fitness on demand. Um, people can use that to, you know, take any type of class they want any time of day. Um, but otherwise, 
fact, we don't use a whole lot of um, technology as far as our classes go. Okay, in your, <laughs> in your classes, you have to you have to do small group and large group classes. You have a, some sort of separation there. We do. Um, so some of our smaller group classes are offices of you know dent the, there's a pediatric dentist that brings in her front desk staff so there's six or seven of those ladies so we do those kind of small group classes private group classes for some of the offices around town um and then our group classes you know are usually i would say run anywhere from seven to 15 people depending on what class it is okay and are those generally add-on services or are those included in your levels of membership um those are included in the green level so if you are a green member you do get all of those classes included in your membership okay so people don't have to come in and do it a la carte or anything like that no if they wanted to they could a drop in is fifteen dollars so okay all right, so we have a pretty good idea of the background, the, you know, the services you're offering, kind of the main things you're doing there. So kind of stepping back in, in bigger picture, longer term, um, where do you see the gym going? Where do you want to go as an owner operator? Is it to just grow this membership, nurture it, stay here? Is it, you know, do you have plans to maybe eventually go to another location? Um, you know, whether that's a bigger one or going to multiple, what's the long-term look like for you as you, as you have a few years in the game here? Yeah. Um, I think right now my main goal is definitely to continue to make this gym as, as prosperous as I possibly can. I, you know, it's a large facility. So I think if I was to make this, you know, keep to increase my membership um, numbers and, you know, get this gym kind of self running, <laughs> then I would maybe open another smaller gym, something that could run on its own. Um, but for now, definitely just nurturing this one and making sure that I at some point see some, you know, money. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, it does. it's not the main reason why we get into these things, because I think most people in our business love to help people, but it is it is necessary to, to do, you know, it's a good tool for what we're doing. So I know that the, the area is growing, town's expanding. There, there's a lot of that that's just going to happen with time. For you as, as being the main operator of the business, are there, are there any skills or traits that you feel like you're leveling up on that are going to continue to pace the business and where it grows? Um, so... You know, definitely customer service skills. This is something that I've always prided myself on. I've always had really great customer service skills. However, working in this industry and being, you know, there 24 hours a day, I feel like, and um, it's customer service is something that continues to improve for me. You know, I continue to work on that, my level of providing great customer service and 
you know, my marketing ability. <laughs> I have a degree in marketing, um, but this is like next level every day using my marketing degree and getting better at it and thinking and being creative. So being creative is definitely necessary <laughs> in this yeah. business. Yeah, for sure. And it's, I think self-awareness is one of the, the biggest things that starts the snowball rolling in these cases is, hey, I know that I've got this skill set, this, you know, I'm an eight here and I'm a seven there. And, and maybe there's some place where I'm a five or a six and you work on that and level it up and, and just keep going there. But knowing that as long as you're open-minded and you have areas to grow, I think is the the biggest indicator of, of long-term success, probably in any business, but you know, for us specifically, you can see it because people come in with different backgrounds. They're either a great trainer that needs to learn business or they're a great business person that needs to know how to recognize good training staff. There's always some areas and, and just being open to those different things, I think leaves the possibilities pretty endless. Definitely, definitely have to have an open mind and a willingness to learn something new every day. <laughs> yeah, and it's certainly if you don't if you don't feel like you take something out of every day, um, that that's a good indicator that you got to have that talk in the mirror, right? Like, what what could I have? You know, open eyes, open ears, um, because it it serves us in in every capacity. For sure, for sure. Awesome. Well, Robbie, we are just about out of time here. Um, before I let you go, if anybody is interested in finding out more about your club, checking out the way that you have things set up, I know you said you're pretty, pretty active on social media. Where's the best place for them to check you out and see what you're doing out there in Colorado? Um, so definitely our Facebook page, Fitness 1440 Erie, um, and our Instagram, Fitness 1440 Erie also, um, our website, so Fitness 1440 backslash Erie, um, and yeah, so all of those places are great. Perfect. Not hitting up the TikTok just yet. <laughs> No, I haven't figured out the TikTok yet, but my head trainer, Dylan, has Dylan Brooks fit. It's funny now because as that as that frontier expands, I keep like some people are super hard into it and some people are like, it's it's really, it's kind of the next wave. So it's cool to see. Like, again, you're open-minded. You're not like, oh, that's dumb. I'm not going to do it. You're like, hey, I haven't gotten it, but... I've got somebody who can. So good for you again for, yes. for being open-minded, coming in, you know, wanting to serve the community. And uh, it sounds like you, you've got the type of facility that you'd want to be a part of and I'm living the dream, helping people and have a badass gym that, that you can do your thing with. Yes, definitely. Thank you. You are, are very welcome. It's been a pleasure having you. I wish you continued success. We'll be checking in on you in the future. Uh, but for now, it's time to say goodbye. I appreciate you spending some of your morning here with us. Yes, thank you. I very much appreciate it. It was a good time. Nice to meet you, Dominic. You, you too, Robbie. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you spending some of your day with us. We hope you found value and inspiration listening to Robbie's story. If you want to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but 
Don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on this show is James from Heritage Martial Arts and Fitness Center in Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. Welcome to the show. How are you, James? Good. How are you? I'm great. Excited to have you sitting here in front of me today and to learn more about your operation. But really, before we do that, um, you know, give us a backstory as to what it was that led to you getting to this point. Okay. Um, Well, this is our 25th year for the business. So I can think back to when I was in my teenage years. Um, That's when I kind of wanted to start things off. Um, I knew I wanted to be involved in in the martial arts and fitness industry at that age. And uh, I kind of took the leap at the age of 23, and uh, here we are today. So it's been an interesting ride all the way through, and uh, I've learned so many things, good and bad, and uh, it's got me to where I I am right now. Awesome. So um, now you have your own facility. Um, And so, you know, James, just give us your elevator pitch. Tell us who you are at Heritage Martial Arts and Fitness Center what services you provide, just kind of paint that picture so that moving forward in this conversation, our listeners have a great idea of who you are. Great. Yeah. So, um, so like I said, my name is James. We've been doing uh, martial arts and fitness thing for 25 years. We offer martial arts classes for adults and kids, but we also offer fitness classes for adults as well. So uh, we've been doing that for probably the last 12 or 13 years. And we offer services like um, personal training, small group training, um, uh, and then we go from there with, uh, we do some nutritional stuff for our clients and, and things. And then, uh, you know, based all that around all the you know, adults and kids and training and it makes for a fairly busy, uh, busy weekday minute <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you have kind of two elements of your business under, you know, the same roof. So you have the martial arts side and you have the, the side. Right. So why did you make that decision to kind of have both under the same roof? Okay, yeah. So initially when we had the martial arts part, um, it was busy, but I always, you know, I have a passion for uh, fitness training as well. And we can't always do that in the martial arts classes. So we decided to do a split and we came up with the core fit stuff and uh, it's worked out really well. So it gives members an opportunity to join us either uh, in, you know, in class and stuff now or at the time, it gets, a lot of times clients don't want to do martial arts and fitness. They want one or the other. So we found that we had an entirely new group of people that wanted to do just the fitness stuff with us. And that's worked out really well. A lot of times parents uh, don't want to do martial arts. We're coming to the fitness classes. So it's a good, it's a good blend for our business. Yeah, a great way for you to grow the fitness side too. If you already have families involved in the martial arts side of things, you can kind of tap into them a little bit further offering an additional service. Um, cool. So, you know, with both sides of the business, talk to us a little bit about size in terms of members, like how many members do you serve on each side of your business? So for the martial arts side, we're probably about 80%, or yeah, 70, 70% on the martial arts side and then about 30% on the fitness side. Um, pre-COVID, it was a little bit 
more 60 40 but now we're about 70 30 so we definitely do facilitate more martial arts members than we do core fit members but uh, we we have uh you know classes running in both all the time okay cool so paint a picture for me you know is this the member the member point that you're at right now james is that a place where you guys feel comfortable or are you looking to hit the gas and see new faces in the facility like what's the goal here so right now for the martial arts side we're actually what i would consider 95 percent full um for the fitness side we'd like to see you know probably you know 20 or 30 more members to join us back to where we were kind of pre pre-covid um and then we'd be in a good spot so we're, we're working towards that goal right now um obviously it's taking a bit of work getting people's confidence back up to be back in you know live training and classes and stuff but it's slowly coming unfortunately the nice weather's also coming so it makes people kind of deter for a bit until it gets super hot and then they want to be back inside again in the air conditioning so we're in that kind of springtime flux right now yeah so that that brings up an interesting point you're really looking to get back to those pre-covid numbers now let me ask you you know those pre-covid numbers is that is that really where you guys felt comfortable in terms of revenue like was were you bringing in a good stream of revenue did it feel crowded in the facility like is there a reason why you don't want to surpass that pre-covid um kind of membership a couple of reasons so the pre-covid membership was great um and that was a that was financial that was really sustainable when you mix that in with the martial arts and everything that we do here um so that was a, a good break point um now you know COVID did teach me a few things one of them was that you know my time is also valuable so i don't need to necessarily be here as much <clears throat> you know, and we can get those numbers back up. Um, and we have trainers that are taking those classes as, as well now. But, uh, you know, the, the other thing is, you know, the constraints of our facility, like we run a 6,000 square foot facility right now. Um, you know, and we're, we were at our peak point um, during those classes you know, pre-COVID. Um, like I said, we're not quite there right now, but we're also comfortable with how things are running and, we, and we're working on building things back up. Okay, got it. So you kind of brought up an interesting point there that, you know, with not going overboard in terms of members, it allows you to step away a little bit um, and um, have to be at the gym as often. And obviously we all know here, this gym owner life, we're usually always at the gym. Um, and that's like our second home or maybe like our first home. We spend more time at the gym than we do at our actual home. And right. so, um, you know, for you, not having as many members means you can kind of step away a little bit. Um, have, have you ever, you know, brought on staff to help with the classes and things like that so that you can still have a successful operation going on even while you're not there? Yeah. So we've, we've kept the same class structure, <clears throat> the same number of classes per week. Uh, we do have, uh, like we have three other trainers that help me out. So, and they're, they're all doing, they're doing way more classes than I am at this point. So they're, they're taking the, you know, the, the steam of the, the brunt of the ship, right. And driving it, which is cool. And then I'm kind of looking after things from the back end, and then we're just figuring out our strategies to, you know, get them more members back up again and, uh, and go from there. But like I said, right now, we're just kind of getting everything kind of restructured from what we were used to and then slowly moving forward from there. And it's working well. So yeah. my time is good. Um, I am here a lot. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. You know, pretty much six days a week. But I do get time in the daytime to do things that I want as well, so that, which is important. That's why we run more of the of the uh, group style classes as opposed to a lot of personal training. Got it. So, you know, with with the way that things are right now, let me ask you: like, what are you guys actively doing to to aid the growth process to get back to those pre COVID numbers within the the facility? 
So a lot of it's still through referral. Um, we have a we have a sign we put up front every now and then at the at the front of our business, and that actually brings in more members than anything. Um, you know, because and we, plus we've been here for so long too. The referrals work so well because people know who we are, and then our reputation's also been very good over that time. So that always helps. So that one to one kind of connection, and then the other thing is just you know putting stuff out through our, our Facebook and uh, Instagram media stuff and connecting that way. Um, and then you just members talking to members all the time. Okay. So referrals are awesome, right? Because they're free for us. We don't have to do anything except for be nice to our clients. And in turn, they're going to tell their friends, we get referrals and that's free marketing for us. Yeah. But it's not a measurable way for us to grow our business because we can't count on a certain number of referrals per month. One month, we might get five and we're feeling good. Um, our numbers are looking good. And then the next month or the next two months, we get one, we get two, then we lose some members. So we're not really growing real, real growth month to month. Um, so, you know, outside of referrals, a great way that we have seen in the industry to really see a measurable growth, you know, to count on growth is through the digital advertising, Instagram, Facebook, Google, places mm -hmm. like that. So kind of talk to us about your experience there and, and what that has looked like for you over the course of the past few years, since, you know, there's obviously been a lot of changes in the world and, you know, you're in Canada too. So, um, you know, there's been some pretty severe restrictions up there. Yes. Um, so talk to us about your experience with the digital advertising side of things. Uh, I find it, it it's worked okay. Um, I'm not super consistent with it. So, you know, uh, over COVID, we didn't do a lot because it just didn't make a lot of sense. So now we're, just getting back on track with the regular advertising through Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and that will definitely help because it gives us more members coming in. And we also have our website, which we a member track through that and people can uh, set, put in leads through our website. So um, that, that seems to be really good too. Um, that's, you know, driving traffic to what we're doing. Okay. Got it. So with Facebook and Instagram kind of consistency is the most important thing. If we're not posting on there, it's not going to be a great way for us to bring in new leads to our facility. It takes time, it takes yeah. expertise. And most of us, we're not blessed to enough to just wake up and know how to create content that's going to bring in leads. Um, but something that, you know, goes along with that is the paid advertising thing. And that's something that a lot of people are doing on Facebook, Instagram to bring in new clients. Is that an avenue that you guys have looked down or have you mostly just been doing the organic style stuff on your social media? Uh, lately it's been more organic. Um, and like I said, as we get closer to fall, we'll start doing some more paid advertising and just to start driving the members back up and get some more you know, interest in the facility and stuff. Um, but yeah, right now we're not doing a whole lot of additional you know, paid advertising. Okay, got it. So, um, you know, you said that in the fall, you're, you're going to look at, you know, going back down that avenue again. Have you done it before? And what did that look like for you in terms of return on investment? Was it worth it or not really? Because I think that that's an area that a lot of gym owners are scared to even tap into that territory because it's like, if I'm not going to see a return on investment, why even try? So I find that through the Facebook, Instagram uh, advertising, that seemed to be uh, the better return on investment. I found that the Google advertising um, didn't seem to produce a lot and it was super expensive. Um, and if you don't know what you're doing with the Google advertising, it can get ridiculously expensive fast. So um, it's, it's almost like a whole different world to figure that to that level of advertising it with Google. So 
we've done a little bit of it, but I don't, I don't do a lot of it just because I don't have an expertise in that area. Um, the Facebook and uh, Instagram, I can figure that out. Um, we've been doing, I, I'd look after most of that stuff myself and it works pretty well. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, yeah, I think Facebook, Instagram, it's the, it's a great tool for us to bring in new faces through the door, but it is an area that people are scared about. So I'm glad that we kind of got to touch there. And I do think that, you know, we are experts in what we do, training people, running the back end of the business. It's okay for us to not be marketing experts um, because that is something that, um, you know, takes skill, takes time to learn and master. Um, so my next question to you, James, would be within your current business, you know, what's a bottleneck or a challenge that you guys are facing? And, you know, what would you say that you're kind of doing to overcome and work on that challenge or bottleneck? So right now, um, just keeping instructors, um, regular with some of the classes. So, um, some people are just not, um, coming, they have not come back yet entirely from COVID for teaching. So it's been a little bit of a challenge keeping things covered. So I've covered a few more classes than I normally would, um, you know, and the, and the other bottleneck is just, you know, keeping consistency of everything running, right? It's, it's, it's always that challenge of that up and down, you know, one week to the next, what's happening this week, what's not happening, you know, um, keeping members super motivated to train, right? Well, as you know, as we know, we have to change the classes up all the time because if you keep doing the same stuff over and over, people just get stagnant. I mean, I think that for myself, I could do the same pushups every day, and squats every day and it wouldn't it wouldn't change who i am because i just you know i know that that's part of me but most people need a little bit of variety in what they do um and that keeps them kind of motivated and energized and, and, and challenged if you're not challenging people they're they're just they're feeling flat and stagnant yeah definitely so you know it, that's a that's a common problem within the industry is like you know kind of falls into the retention piece a little bit but you know, if our members are not engaged in using their membership, um, it kind of makes us feel a little bit guilty. I mean, for me, it does. Like if I have, you know, 50 members, but only 25 of them or 30 of them are actually using their membership, and 20 of them are just kind of coming in once a month here and there. I don't feel great about that because my goal is to change people's lives and help them find a sustainable lifestyle, health and fitness. And so you have to kind of take a look at, you know, what are we doing to keep these people excited and motivated? What value are we providing them on top of just a workout that is going to help them be successful in their health and fitness journey, but also in life as well? So for you guys, what does that look like? Are people coming in specifically just for the workout class and then they they go home and, and that's really it? Or are you providing any additional value to the membership? Yeah, so we, you know, we do do uh, some social things with people where we get together. Uh, obviously, not so much in the last two years, but we're getting back to that. So that's, that's getting good. Um, you know, we try to provide, you know, using different types of equipment in classes. And I know a few years ago, there was, there was a, a big boom of all the new equipment like TRXs and BOSU balls and that kind of stuff in, the, in you know, I guess the late, uh, early 2000s and stuff. But in the last couple of years, there's not been a whole lot of new equipment that's, that's exciting because it's all pretty much out there at this point. So now you got to figure out how to use it, you know, differently and dynamically and keep people engaged. And, um, you know, we try to keep members through that, you know, and, and we just, you know, a lot of social time with our members too. We'll talk to them after classes and, you know, keep engaged. And you know, it, it definitely builds a family community. Um, and that's what we, that's, that's our goal here is, is more of that kind of community. So, you know, I don't want people coming in and not knowing them. I want to know who my members are and what they do. And you'll know, be interested in kind of what they do for, uh, for other things outside of here as well. 
Yeah, definitely. I think when our members feel like they are a part of a community, they're better off, you know, they're going to succeed more, they're going to feel better. Um, and that's the ultimate goal. Um, now, another area that we kind of look at when, when, you know, we think about member success is, you know, what's the average lifetime per client at your facility? Like, how long would you say that your clients are sticking with you in the fitness side of things? You know what? Most of our clients have been, um, I'm going to say at least 12 months plus, and some of them have been like five, six, seven years. Um, I've got one client here. <laughs> she started with us, sorry, excuse me, in our, in our cardio kickboxing program. It had to be like almost 20 years ago, and she's still a member, and she does all our core fit classes and everything. So we've got some really long time standing members here that have uh, supported us through a lot of stuff. So, <laughs> you know, retention's never been much of an issue. Mm -hmm. It's getting people in and stuff to keep them, once they're here um, and they get to see how we work, you know, if they love us, they're gonna love us right away. If they don't, then they won't right away. And that's okay too. Um, we do a specific type of class and, uh, you know, we find a, we have a you know, kind of a specific group of people, right? So. Got it. So down the road for you, what does, you know, the future look like? If I could hand you a magic wand and boom, the business is exactly where you want it to be. All your goals have been achieved. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm saying like anything could happen. What would that look like for you? Oh boy. You know, the thing is that most of my goals have been achieved for where I want to be in the business. So, um, you know, and obviously you guys got to strive for new things to happen and, and make new goals. And I haven't set that next set of goals yet because, you know, where I want to be in two years from now, I'm not sure if I want my structure to look the same as I'm doing now or slightly different. So, um, you know, the, the honest answer here is I don't have a, you know, uh, a goal at this moment for where I wanted to get to, because for me, um, this has been a dream since I started doing this. So it's, it's always been, you know, on top of my number one priority. So it's always been good. And the, um, you know, most of my goals for this has, have been attained. I mean, obviously, you know, um, it's not, it's really not about the money and wealth of it all, right? For me, it's more about the client interaction and being with people. Um, that's, that, that for me feels better than, uh, you know, driving a fancy car, having a huge house. So those things are all great. But it's not the reason why I do this. And it's always been more of a passion thing for me. So, um, you know, a lot of my goals are attained and I'm able to keep doing them and, and you know, doing that with uh, family and friends. So it's, it's, that's important to me. Yeah, definitely. You know, this, this business doesn't have to be about money. Of course, that motivates some, some people. And, you know, there's usually two types of gym owners, somebody who's in it to make money, or I guess three types, somebody who's in it to make money, somebody that's in it to help people. And then there's some people that are kind of in it for both, both reasons. I would say I kind of fall under that umbrella. Um, but for you, you know, you're definitely motivated by the people. And like you said, what you've done has been good. Um, you've kind of achieved your goals, which is awesome and very, very exciting. Congratulations to you for that. That's huge. Um, but you know, when you think about good, what can make good great for you? Like, is there any, you know, anything left that would get you really excited um, to be able to help more people, James? I guess if there was one other thing we want to do, you know, maybe at some point own my own facility. Um, you know, we, we currently rent and we've been here for 25 years, which has been great. We've had an awesome landlord, but you know, it'd be nice to have our own place in like a, maybe a, a slightly better location. Um, that, that would just give us a bit, a bit of a different uh, feel, but I mean, you know, that's a, that's a goal that I've not really put much thought to at this moment, just because we have such a good thing here with our, with our current landlords. So, um, but, 
yeah, it, it's tough to say what that golden egg is right now because it's you know slightly different. I mean, as far as like you know um, how things have done here financially, I mean, I I I make a good living, right? I don't have anything to really even through COVID, we managed to make it through that with going to online and stuff. So um, we just we just pivot when we need to pivot. You know, we're pretty versatile. Yeah, I think that that's a great um, kind of way to live as a gym owner. You have to be versatile. You have to be able to roll with the punches and just kind of take what comes. And obviously, the past few years, you have proved that you are able to do that, um, which is very, very exciting. And so, um, you know, down the road, you know, if you have the opportunity to move into your own facility and it makes sense, of course, that's a great move to make. Um so for you, why is that, you know, an area that you feel like you haven't really thought too much about yet? Is it just because, you know, like you see things as being really, really successful right now with your current landlord being awesome? I think that's an area that a lot of gym owners like are not that lucky. Um, no, I know. I'm very landlords lucky. are not always great. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that for me, it would be, you know, a slightly smaller facility <clears throat> that I could look after a little more on my own with more personal clients. Um, you know, we do, uh, you know, with, with our martial arts training stuff, we have a, we have a whole self-defense company that we are very active with as well. So I have a lot of things going on at the same time, um, that I'm focusing on. So it's, it's hard to say where that, you know, specific focus would be. Cause I want to be, I want to, you know, would want to be slightly more mobile as well. So my, my change of goals or interactions in the next few years are probably going to change how, how things look in the business. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's okay. Like I'm ready for that change. Um, Cause it's only going to make things uh, better for me and kind of propel me to that next level for what I want to get to. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, where can our listeners go to find you on social media, James? Uh, so uh, we do have a corporate conditioning uh, on Instagram and Facebook. And then we also have our heritage martial arts and fitness center on Instagram and Facebook as well. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And thank you for sitting down and having this conversation with me today. Definitely a lot of valuable topics that our listeners can, um, you know, take and run with. Um, and, you know, for a listener who's tuning in today, thank you guys so much. If you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. 
up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Scott and Dan from the District Training Facility in East Hanover, New Jersey. What's up, guys? How are we today? Good. How are you? Happy to be here. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for taking the time. All right, so let's jump right into the details, wasting no time. How did you guys get started? What is it that made you want to own your own gym? What's the story there? Thank you. I'll, I'll take this one. I mean, I, we both have slightly different backgrounds. I started in sports medicine. He uh, did exercise physiology, exercise science. Um, and we both started more on the training side of things, working for another facility, as many of us do. Um, I worked for a large sports performance facility. Dan worked more in the uh, big box gym sector. We both kind of came together as independent contractors. So we, we owned our own businesses prior to opening uh, our own gym. Um, we're both independent contractors out of the same facility and started to realize that we galvanize on a lot of details. And as, as you know, from speaking to a lot of gym owners, many of them kind of feel there's something missing in what I can offer as either an independent contractor or out of another facility. And we want to be able to offer that to our clients. So from the environment that they're in, the equipment that they have access to, the programming that uh, we can actually do. And even just one of the largest uh, or biggest things for us was the spacing and overcrowding. So we were in a facility that was kind of challenged by having a ton of classes. And then we were doing a lot of the one-on-one work and I was doing sports performance work. And oftentimes you would get crowded into a small area there. Um, so we, we founded this in 2021, literally just a year ago, but I wanted to open a gym for pretty much my entire life. We kind of saw that come to fruition when uh, opportunities arise after COVID and a lot of other gyms went out of business. We used that opportunity to scale our businesses, adapt and see what the client really uh, wanted out of the fitness industry. And an opportunity came up in a space that was, that was local to us. And we kind of just pulled the trigger there. Awesome. Okay. So you guys opened post COVID. Yeah. Kind of post COVID. Yeah, I guess uh, after we opened after things started opening, back things up. started reopening, but we yeah. worked pretty much through the closures and switched very much to a, uh, um, an online model, virtual coaching model there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a lot of facilities opened post COVID or, or mid toward the end, toward the end of the shutdowns and whatnot. So while 40% of gyms closed, it also kind of allowed opportunities in some way, shape or form for other facilities to open as well. Um, So as far as your business model goes, how do you guys structure things within the facility itself? Are you doing group classes? Are you doing semi-privates, one-on-ones, any open membership? What does all that look like? Yeah, mostly um, right now we're doing mostly private training and semi-private training with a handful of open gym memberships for non-training clients. Uh, because of our space, we're only about 2,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it's listed as, at least. <laughs> um, so because we're only 2,000 square feet, we're kind of selective with the people that are coming in for open gym memberships, kind of making sure that, hey, like these people understand gym etiquette. They understand you know, spacing. They're not taking up five different racks at once. Mm-hmm. Um, so mostly private and semi-private though. Okay. All right. And as far as the membership base goes, how many members are you guys currently serving? You know the exact number? I want to say about 150 to 200. 
it, it's difficult to give you an exact number because we have active and then inactive clients. So um, many of my athletes are in season. Um, some of his his clients travel. So we have it's I, like a steady about 100, 150. 100, 150 current and then upwards of 200 um, off-season inactive revolving clients. Got it. Okay. And as far as the membership goes how are people paying for the services that you're providing are they purchasing packages are they on monthly memberships um i'm sure the athletes it's kind of structured a little bit differently so kind of walk us through how that works how do you um set up your your memberships themselves yeah we actually do both so kind of like what you just said um athletes specifically the ones who are going to be in season they're only taking programming and they're not really doing any sessions with scott for example so, you know, they're on more of a package-based setting. Um, for people who are a little bit more consistent, more of the general population, people who are going to be coming in for more open gym sessions, more personal training sessions, they're more of a recurring thing. Mm-hmm. Like, they're recurring. Right. Okay. Have a All right. base if you want to talk about. And then uh, the base is basically including their programming, their accountability. We have a lot of... Uh, um, online offerings where it's a community-based coaching environment. They are a member of a large pool of all of our clients that they get group accountability with that. Um, they get uh, video coaching accountability where our, our coaches are, are meeting with them several times a week. That's included in their base. And then there's um, different tiers based on the amount of sessions per week that they're they're attending. So whether they're one time a week, two times a week, three times a week, that's for the consistent clients that we have. And like you said, for my uh, clients who are out of season or maybe competing, they might be on a package-based setting where they might come one time per week and then they're doing two independent sessions or three independent sessions that week. And then maybe they're here three times a week the next week. So I just needed that flexibility in order to, uh, normally we wouldn't offer that many, but based on our populations, we had to have some flexibility. Got it. Okay. And within the membership. So are you looking to add members right now? Are you guys comfortable where you are? What do, what does that aspect look like? Are you accepting new members or are you kind of capped out? Yeah. So, so I would say both Dan and my schedules are capped out right now. We have three other coaches that are working with us. We, we set up this facility where it's, I like to look at it as kind of the, the barbershop type setup where you have a specific hairdresser. They have one station and that station can pretty much solve all their problems. They can do their entire session based on that. So we have three, based on the space we have here, we have three double half racks, which can essentially host six different coaches, six different fully functional training sessions happening at that uh, given time. If we need to push capacity, we can have seven, possibly eight. We have a uh, 15 yard turf field in here and then uh, additional Olympic um, lifting stations on the other side so we can host more. So right now the opportunity is to we've kind of just hit our cap with the clients that we can see personally and our goal is to now increase and raise the um, the clients that our other coaches are seeing get them at cap and then hire at least an additional two other coaches and then get them at capacity all within the same 2000 square feet but looking at basically our profit per square foot, what we can, what we can offer without reducing the quality of the training session. Absolutely. Okay. And as far as the marketing side of things goes and getting the word out there to people to let them know that you're there and let them know what you do, what does that look like? How are you getting the word out there? 
company. Sure. Uh, okay. Uh, well, like anyone, you know, obviously utilizing social media is probably the biggest tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, being on Instagram, Facebook, just launched our website, what, like last month, two months ago, three months ago? Relatively recently. Like a while. Yeah. So <laughs> launching our website. I think a big thing that was really helpful for us when we ended up moving from the other facility, at least on our end, um, we're only about like maybe 10 minutes away. So we're not too far from where our natural base was. I think both Scott and I were in that area for about a decade. So a lot of people already knew who we were. So it made it a lot easier with the word of mouth. I think an important thing that we're going to be focusing on, especially this summer, now that uh, things are starting to slow down a little bit more and we have a little bit more time capacity, is actually getting out into the community so that people don't just know us from the town over around the surrounding areas, but the people in the area actually know who we are. And a, a lot of what we did start with was word of mouth. Uh, what we're looking to move more towards is a, an effective funnel. Dan's used click funnels before with most of the social media. You go from here, you go to the sales page, you go to our website. What we're looking more to do is kind of integrate that within our website where we have several different kind of lines that we're casting out. That's going to include our advertising strategic partnerships. So doing a podcast with somebody else who has a good amount of subscribers, um, get us getting on other podcasts, us getting on other people's social media and doing some collaborative things there. So that's our strategic partnerships, looking at SEO on the website to increase search engine optimization and constantly checking where we are in the rankings so that when somebody types in general population, fat loss, personal training, sports performance, even though we have those different populations, when they type in those different things, I want to see what, what is really causing people to uh, gravitate towards us what's boosting us in the rankings, um, our social media posts, and then obviously our referrals. So all of those will kind of be the nests that go out. Those go to our web traffic, which we want every single one of those to kind of not just be a line that's not attached to a fishing rod. We want somebody to see those and then be able to go to the website, but then we want the website to be very easy to navigate that eventually gets you to our sales page and offerings. And then that will go through our um, intake form. That So pretty much all of this is automated. That goes through our application form and then we make that first point of contact where we're getting on that momentum call and discussing our offerings further it's usually a quick 10 minute call where we are building up this irresistible offer discussing what we offer and then getting them into the facility where we kind of make that final sale okay and so i'm going to challenge you here a little bit can't wait love it <laughs> so what i heard there i like the idea behind it but it sounds like a lot of steps. Mm. So do you think that a lot of people are going to take all of those steps and follow all the way through to the point where you actually get their information? So I like that question. And I've also been looking a lot at our website analytics to see which pages people tend to fall on, which pages people go to most frequently and how much time they spend on those pages. Uh, mm-hmm. So what we tend to notice is people, if they go to our direct landing page or homepage, they are spending a little bit of time there scrolling. Some of them are going to our blog to look at articles there. Some of them are, many of them are going to our facilities page to take a look at that. I, I will say every single one of these pages is kind of a direct funnel back to our sales page. So it's a facilities page. You see the facility. Here's a link right here to book your training session right now. You go to the landing page right away. That's There's a link right now that says uh, train with us. We are looking at kind of um, mitigating some of those steps. And like I said, those initial lines that are cast out, those aren't all going directly to our 
website or landing page, those may go skip a step, go directly to our sales page. But what I've also noticed, and I will challenge you on this, is sometimes if it sounds a little bit too salesy, the client feels that as well and, and gets a little turned off by that. The analytics that I've seen on posts or websites show a lot more um, user, what's the word for it? Um, user involvement or or there's more insights on the, the posts that are generally offering something, showing something of value. So they're getting, I want them to get some value before they open their, their wallet purse or give us any money first. Mm -hmm. um, but I do agree with you. We do need to streamline that a little bit, but those initial lines can go directly to our sales page. And we just want to do a way that doesn't sound too salesy. Yeah, absolutely. So what if you put out, an irresistible offer on the front end and then they scheduled to actually come in to the facility and have some type of meeting or consultation with you. So it's like you skip all of those steps. It doesn't have to be salesy, but you know, just something that's it's quicker. You know, it's like the irresistible offer is out oh, there. Yes. They schedule with you. So they're not just filling out like a lead form. You know, you're not gathering their information and then having to reach out to them. It skips all those steps and they're just scheduling with you. And then you'll nurture them to actually come in, but then they'll actually come into the facility. So I, I look at that as some of our posts or some of our advertising where we have a link directly to the scheduling page that they can, it's just very clean cut. It's not showing our other services. It's just scheduling that momentum call or scheduling that initial eval. I'll get a lot of referrals directly from physical therapy because I have a background in athletic training. So a big stream for me is people coming out of physical therapy. Maybe they just finished ACL rehab and they now want to bridge that gap between uh, training, getting on the field, or the general population who maybe they're a 65-plus uh, person, hasn't really been in the gym, but they just did shoulder rehab, and they kind of got used to doing exercises for a period of time, and now they want to continue that, but they don't really know what to do on their own. So I'll usually get calls directly from that that just says, okay, we, we want to come in right away instead of going through the entire process. I mm -hmm. do like to um, – I think we kind of have a hybrid model where some of our posts, some of our media is going to be targeted at showing what we do and giving some quality information with the spliced in direct to book your momentum call right now uh, posts. And I think that allows us to keep a high standard of uh, quality, establish ourselves as the authority in the industry for the services that we offer well streamlining the process in, as opposed to having every single post, here's your irresistible offer. Let's do it. Um, I, I have seen oh, yeah. seen some some like business coaches or other people do that where I was almost gravitating to them more when I was getting more out of it. And then it started to be like every single post was that irresistible offer and then them booking. So I think I at least respond better to a hybrid method where you're getting something out of it. Maybe some people respond differently, but we have analytics to look at that we'll continue to follow on that end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't mean just like every post on social media either. Like you're going to have your organic posts, right? The educational stuff, the ones that, that talk about what it is that you do within the facility. I'm talking more so like a funnel, like Facebook, sure. like running a paid ad campaign through Facebook. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. something that's constantly running on the back end. So you have an inbound lead flow, you know, so that when you're on the floor that's training, right you've also got people scheduling consultations with you, you know, and that's constantly working in the background, right? So multiple, I always say multiple poles in the water, as far as advertising goes, that tends to be 
the one that works best and it still is the best con converting platform right now, Facebook. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, um, so now as far as goals go, what are you looking to achieve? What is the big picture goal? I like to call it like a unicorn goal. So perfect world, perfect situation. What's the big picture? Where are we looking to take this thing? I would like to have, uh, if we're talking long-term, I would like to have a location in New York City and possibly, I don't want this to be a place that just franchises and then pops up on every block. I feel like sometimes you can, lose the quality there and and you're not you're no longer going to the place for the quality or for the trainers you're just going to it because it's convenient i want more the standpoint of this is our north location our south location maybe in florida maybe a california location as well where we're getting a, a large radius of pull and the, the quality is maintained there mm -hmm. okay anything else to add to that dan i just want to be known <laughs> i think that that's a really important thing i kind of want to have our name known as like, for example, I didn't mean this is a bad example. So, but like a pretty for um, sports performance or even a New York sports coach or Equinox. Um, just having our brand known as, you know, better than those places, for example, but just having us known just all over. I think that's mm -hmm. a really important thing to me as well. Yeah, absolutely. And quality. what's that? As the standard of quality in private training. Yes. For sure. And now you mentioned doing some things online before, right? So you have an online platform that you're using as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we're using uh, both the bridge and trainerize apps. Okay. Integrating that to our online community, just obviously because of COVID. I think COVID was almost like a blessing in, well, I mean, for a lot of people, it's shit show am i allowed to curse on this by the way yes <laughs> sorry um it was just an absolute Always. shit show um when it comes down to where a lot of like you said i think 40 percent of gyms closed but when we were able to kind of navigate and just reassess what we we're doing it absolutely made us better coaches when we were able to come out of it because we we're able to create that online presence create that online community where most gyms for example when clients went away or somebody went on vacation or even personal trainers, for example, you know, they weren't making money, um, right. which kind of comes back to like how our model is set up where it's, we have that base and then people are just kind of tacking on sessions on that end where it's like, we're still able to make money. We're still able to network with the clients that are in California, Chicago, stuff like that. We had a few international clients, actually a few in the Philippines, which is kind of weird. Like, how did you guys afford this? Japan. Oh, you have Japan. Oh, cool. <laughs> but yeah, so it gave us the opportunity to kind of reach those people, but way that we're doing it kind of like what we were talking about before, just having the online video calls, a lot um, programs set up for them, helping them with their nutrition. And a lot of those clients are a lot more lifestyle or people who are a little bit more self-sufficient we found. It, even virtual sessions during COVID, I think a lot of people pivoted towards that. Um, and, and we're seeing two large companies right now taking a slightly different approach where you have uh, Peloton that crushed performance during COVID and they basically said the future of fitness is at home and they sold a lot of bikes. They sold a lot of memberships and now their stock is not no. doing so great because they kind of committed stock. fully to that. Um, mm -hmm. Versus you look at a Lululemon, which did partner with mirror. They did, um, 
they are partnering with some other large companies to offer more of that hybrid fitness approach. And we're seeing people like that hybrid fitness approach too, where previously, if you were working with a personal trainer and maybe you could afford one to two times a week, you were working out one to two times a week instead of being able to actually get the, the real results of maybe a three time, four time a week and the accountability that we've evolved to through COVID where we are keeping that constant contact. And it's not, you leave the gym and you're a completely separate person, a business person doing X, Y, and Z. You are still a part of our, our community, a part of our fitness program outside the gym as well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love the online platforms because it's so scalable, right? There's no limitations there. It's a really we good way to get the word out there day to, to work with someone one-on-one. So if we hit capacity, and all we offer is in person, then there's nowhere we can go from there. Right. Yeah, exactly. On the fulfillment side of things, it's a much simpler approach. You know, right. it's, you can work with a lot more clients online than you can in person because, you know, like you say, you only have so many hours, <clears throat> excuse me, in a day. So you're limited there, but online sky's the limit. Um, as far as other services that you offer for your clients, are you doing, you're doing accountability. You mentioned that a couple of times. Do you also offer nutrition at all? Um, and if so, what does that look like? And then are there any other services that you offer within the facility that provides a higher level of service for your clients, but then also allows you okay. to either charge more or, or provides another stream of revenue for the business? So uh, early on, we, we saw that we wanted to get a nutrition component because everyone who's been in the fitness industry knows that's probably one of the most important things in terms of fat loss, body composition, or just achieving your goals in general. You could be working out pretty hard if you want to gain muscle and you're not eating to support that gain, or you want to lose fat and you're not eating to support that, you're not going to get the results or you're going to have to work so much harder to burn that 300 calorie chocolate bar that you just had versus doing 300 calories extra in the gym every single time. So we wanted to partner with a nutrition company that um, basically allowed, it wasn't us cooking all the meals and doing extra. Cause again, we only, we wanted to dedicate our time where we uh, saw it best. We found uh, this company ab whisperer who, so they actually were very large prior to COVID. They had contracts with Rutgers university, large executive companies, and they were doing all their like meal preps, catering and stuff like that. Then COVID happened and they had to kind of pivot to direct to consumer. And we basically set up a refrigerator in our facility, set up a partnership where we are offering our clients um, high quality uh, meals that are actually very macro friendly. They're, most of them are under 500 calories. And I have not been disappointed with a single meal. I'm not getting paid extra to say this, but of the meal prep services that I've uh, tried, big very big fan of the stuff that he does. Anything with turkey is unbelievable, but they, um, they offer a different menu every single week. And that's what a lot of the other companies don't do. It's pretty much, okay, you want your broccoli, chicken, rice, you're doing this meal, or you just, you go onto one of these websites, you pick your meals and maybe you can rotate some of those, but it's all the same meals. Every single week he has a different menu, which is basically if you had a personal chef at home, uh, cooking for you. So we do offer that to our clients. They can order directly through us and those get delivered actually twice a week here. So unlike a lot of other companies that deliver once a week, and then by the end of the week, that food is a little bit stale. These are cooked twice a week. So you get meals delivered on Sunday meals delivered on Wednesday. Uh, so we offer the nutrition component through that. We help our clients select which, which meals based on their training goals. 
And then they're also slightly customizable where if you want a double veggie portion or less carb portion, we can manipulate those macros a little bit and work directly with the uh, uh, partner that we're with. And that doesn't require a lot of extra effort on our end, but it allows us to extend an additional service. And then uh, we just recently started offering a regeneration protocol. We're still finalizing that, but if we're talking the lifetime value of the client, we have 2000 square feet in here. So you ask, are we looking to gain more clients? Are we looking to expand? And the answer is, Always yes, if we get to capacity here, we start to look at larger spaces, but you also want to look at profit per square foot, how many clients we do have currently, how much revenue we're generating from those clients, and are there additional services that we can increase the lifetime value and even, even weekly value of that client. Uh, so this is more of a recovery service one-on-one -on -one where we are taking them through 45 minutes to an hour of um, soft tissue work, inhibition where we're releasing tension in certain areas using percussive therapy devices like Theragun. Um, we're going through advanced stretching techniques, PNF stretching, um, some like FST work, the fascial stretch type therapy, mm -hmm. uh, even postural restoration work in there. So taking muscles that are constantly on, taking their neck muscles, taking their lower back muscles, and then using even breathing and positional techniques to restore their movement patterns, get the average person who's on a computer um, pretty much daily out of that sagittal plane and rotating and moving again, and then finishing with compression therapy like a Normatec. So we're trying to pack a lot of value into the service and make it something that um, in addition to your training, you're getting the three, 360 um, approach of both of training, nutrition and recovery. Cause I, I'm a firm believer that if any one of those is lacking, you're leaving something on the table for the other two. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And there are multiple ways to grow a gym, right? It doesn't always have to be just getting more people in the door. We can get more people in the door. We can get people that we already have in the door to pay more by providing them higher levels of service. And then that kind of feeds into the third one, which is keep them longer, right? Because if they're getting a better level of service, they're getting better results, they're staying longer. Average clients sticking around for three to six months. Typically, gym owners aren't making any money on them during that time because they're paying more to acquire them than they are over the time of their lifetime in the gym. Um, so if you are able to provide those higher levels of service for clients to ascend into so that you can charge more, the value is there. It makes sense. Uh, it's a, a much better situation. And then again, feeds into the retention side of things as well. And then it's not just one-sided, you know, a lot of gym owners, a lot of business owners in general, just focus on getting people in the door, but then just as many people coming in the door are leaving out the back door every month. That, that doesn't help um, build community either. It's, it's great to have somebody come in and see somebody who's been there for a long period of time and see the results that they actually get. And I right. like that you said, offering other things that clients can ascend into. So we are very much a habit-based coaching practice where, especially from a nutrition standpoint or, or even a training frequency standpoint, if you're ready for just starting maybe one time, two times a week, we're establishing a baseline in habits and showing you the results that you can get with that. But then also you're training next to somebody who trains maybe a little bit more than you, who does the next level of you and you can see the results that they get. And we wait for when that client has kind of maximized their progress in a certain category, or they've been able to consistently establish that as a habit before moving them to the next one. We do have some transformation clients where they're saying, okay, we're committing to this aggressive routine for three months. And maybe they're, maybe they're out after that, maybe not, but that's a pretty aggressive approach for most of our clients that we also have the longest retentions with. It's that slow and steady marathon where 
I want them to be a different person a year from now than they are today. And that includes different habits from the training, nutrition and recovery side. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that gets overlooked a lot of the time as well is that the clients that you already have in the building, those are your greatest source of revenue. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, they've purchased from you in the past. They're more likely to purchase from you again than somebody cold off the street. You know, and that gets overlooked so, so often. There's so much value there, so much opportunity there to provide more value, provide the higher level of service, get them better results. Uh, And a lot of people just don't even think about that. So definitely something important there to keep in mind. Um, Now, one last thing I always like to touch on is a piece of advice for somebody who is considering doing their own thing, going their own way, opening their own facility. Uh, if you could provide a piece of advice, what would that be? What's one of the most important things that you've learned over your time in either in the industry or in ownership? Triple your budget. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, no, that's, that's a good one. Whatever you think it's going to cost initially be prepared. I would honestly safely say triple that. So I I came to Dan with, with the idea of doing this and I was like, Oh, I I have uh, 30 grand that I've saved up and and we're ready to go. But we also want the best equipment, the same equipment that is in the D one facilities, the NFL facilities. And that goes pretty quick. I mean, next thing you know, we're like, hold on. I, I thought we could do this in two coats of paint. You mean like we're, we're back and forth to home Depot every single day. Spend at least a thousand dollars. Also quick side note. If you're painting brick, use a spray can and use a spray gun. Don't try to roll it on yourself. You're never going to get it. Oh my God. Um, Also find a partner who knows how to paint. Sorry. (laughs) I was terrible at that. Um, But I I would also say one of the hardest, hardest and maybe most intimidating components is negotiating the initial contract. And it's something where, especially with where we were at, you have to act quick. And after COVID, there, there's been so many facilities that like, even, even after COVID, there's been facilities that have popped up and also went out of business. But the industrial sector where most gyms like to live because you're, you're not paying the same price as retail. If you are a, a maybe, maybe you're a fitness boot camp or, or boxing class, a lot of those maybe benefit from, from retail space where you're getting a lot of walk-bys, you're, you're having people look directly in the window and then come in. Um, for ours, since it's more word of mouth, direct to uh, consumer, we have people drive to us, we can pay industrial prices and still, still get the uh, clients coming in. So for those who don't know, retail is usually going to be at least twice as much per square foot as industrial. And industrial, you just don't get certain amenities. Usually you get a little bit more amenities. But look don't at things like triple net where... If the, that's basically, triple net is basically the landlord saying, um, we're going to maybe do a little bit of landscaping here and there. We might keep the areas clean and you're going to pay the extras for that. So you see the initial price per square foot, and then you see the triple net price. I mean, we, we found a good deal on our place, but we did have to lock it in quick. When I came to this complex, there were three units that said they were available. I was able to look at two, one was under contract. And this one was basically anything we came back to their lawyer, they had a strong hardball lawyer. Our lawyer went back to him and it was basically take it or leave it. I have three other people who want the space. Mm-hmm. So one of those big things was air conditioning. We had a unit, a massive unit that was in here that was uh, supposedly air conditioning and heat, but they said not in the contract, but they said we will be replacing that. Uh, we'll 
it'll probably be air conditioning and heat. They just put in a new heater and we were on the hook for air conditioning, um, which can be a pretty big expense, especially if you don't own the facility and you're kind of looking at that as, I don't want to gift the landlord a $15,000 unit right. to provide air conditioning, but we're also trying to do high quality personal training. So we want a good training environment. So always go into it with a lawyer, have them look through every detail of the lease, have them redline it. And even though it can be expensive and you're paying for a lawyer's time, it's worth it on the back end to, to help with that. Um, there are certain things you can negotiate, always negotiate a couple months free rent to build out and see if you can overestimate that because it took us, I mean, we had oh, to pull man. this together in maybe six weeks, six weeks. Wow. Um, and, <sighs> and that mess. actually required us purchasing this, this, I don't know that I would recommend for people, but when we bought this equipment, there was about a 12 week lead time. We, on didn't all yet. <laughs> we had to make that purchase before signing the lease in order to be able to open in time. Uh, right. So there is risk involved. What I would say is create a safety net of funds. Try to create at least a, we say double your or triple your budget, but that should also include covering your expenses, including personal expenses, your own home rent, your own like life, create that safety net that if by some chance you can't get in and operate or something happens, your equipment is delayed, you can cover your expenses for that period of time. And even just waiting the extra time to budget that extra money is going to give you some peace of mind that you don't feel super rushed. I mean, we did have to do pretty much all of this ourselves. We did have some people come in and lay down the turf. I would get a professional for that. The mm -hmm. floor, I would probably get a professional for that. We did all the power washing, the cleaning, the painting, painting. setting up all the equipment. Um, <laughs> you have you have to be all in on it. You have to you have to yeah. love it, and you have to have a strong vision and be excited for what you're creating because it is it is not as easy as some people would think. But when you're standing there, we're a year into this place, and we look. Not we actually year, play man. on our um, TV up at the front. We play videos and pictures of our facility being built and time lapses. And it's pretty cool to look up at that and stand in this facility without any paint on the walls, any flooring, and then see what we've created. And our goal is to every single month, make it better than the previous month and keep adding right. to it. Absolutely. Super rewarding. Uh, a good point there, the uh, working capital, you know, a lot of gyms in general, gyms that have been open for years have no working capital right and we yeah all the time hear that all the time um we really learned that lesson over the last two years or so through covid you know being closed for an extended period of time and not being able to support the business during that time and most gyms don't have that so having that in the beginning very important but then also having it throughout your time owning the gym, running the gym, just in case something happens, because you never know. Um, so three to four months of working capital, you know, you should be able to sustain the gym with nothing coming in for three to four months. And I'd, I'd like to add to that because I think we do this a little bit differently than many gyms in the industry. Um, we didn't spend money that we didn't have Initially, I mean, we, we did use a credit card. You get some points for a large right. might as well, but the entire gym that you see is paid off right now. So when we are purchasing new equipment, 
we kind of look at it as, can I buy this piece of equipment twice? If I can do that, then I have saved that amount and I've purchased that new piece of equipment. And also with how uh, we're in New Jersey where they, they had pretty strict uh, lockdowns and mm -hmm. um, some states were Florida basically never closed down. I think Texas was open a lot um, sooner than, than us. New York might've been one that had a little bit more strict um, lockdown measures, but we didn't, we wanted to minimize our monthly expenses as much as possible. And the worst thing that you could, worst situation you could find yourself in is the government tells you that you can no longer operate out of your business, but the landlord who I also want to mention after, after COVID most, if not all of the landlords are working in a COVID or pandemic clause where you are on the hook for paying the, the rent, or maybe, maybe you can work in a half, half, uh, um, um, like a, a half rent pay during that time, we are actually on the hook for rent if, if we close down. So we wanted to minimize our risk. We wanted to make sure that we weren't also on the hook for paying credit card balances and, and paying extra interest on, on additional equipment. So we set up a budget, any additional equipment that we want, we kind of prioritize and say, okay, this is our next piece of equipment. We're going to save up until we actually have that while covering all our additional expenses and then pay for that once we can pay for it in whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's uh, different than a lot of gym owners approach in the beginning, you know, a lot of times and it's good. It's good that you took that approach because a lot of people kind of get caught up. And I think this comes from having experience in other gyms prior to opening your own gym. You know, a lot of personal trainers get a good base of clients. And then those clients are like, Hey, you should open a gym. And then it's like, like why okay, do you only yeah. have What's that? It's like you go to the new gym and it's like, why do you only have one dumbbell and one kettlebell? Whereas at the previous place, we only had this. Right. Well, it's either that or it's like they kind of go all in, you know, and they take out a loan and buy the best equipment and want to have the nicest facility, um, of course, because they want it to be appealing, but then they don't have enough members to be able to support that. And then they end up closing. That happens very often. Um, so taking the, the other approach like you guys did, Smart move there in the beginning, for sure. Um, just so that you're not having to worry about all of those things and the debt and the expenses. And obviously you have your regular overhead, but nothing uh, too crazy on top of that. And another positive for people considering that model. I mean, we we were saving for, I, I at least was saving for a long period, yeah, of, time, just came out of, period of time where, again, my, my initial investment in this was 30K, which for a lot of people is not, too much, but we were able to select, okay, we need this piece of equipment, we prioritize. But when we were talking about retention of clients and lifetime value, one of the best things you could do is constantly up or progressively upgrade the gym over the course of time. If you start with the Sistine Chapel of gyms, where do you go from there? And do you buy even more expensive equipment? If we start with a really good looking place that has everything that we need, that still was an upgrade from where we went, but then we can say, okay, next month, for our members, we're going to get this piece of equipment the month after that. All of a sudden you start to see, wow, if, if I leave, I'm one, I'm not going to a place that's going to beat this Two, I'm missing out on what's coming next. And three, my trainers, my, the, the people who own the gym, who I'm going to are invested in us. They want to give us the best quality products. And that just trickles down to, uh, um, to our training sessions as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That value all comes back to value for the members and your clients. So awesome. Um, so as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you guys on social media? 
can find us on Instagram at district spelt as is dot training. And then also uh, our website, district dash training. And then for the sports performance side, my Instagram is at district DHP. So that stands for district high performance. That's just our um, high performance division. Um, and if you didn't mention, we are coming out with the podcast that is called the mental rep. So that's where we basically take all the information. That's more of an educational, but also general podcast having to do with fitness owners, fitness enthusiasts, sports performance. We're basically taking a lot of questions that many of our clients come to us with and sifting through all the BS information that's out there and coming to it from an educated standpoint, bringing some research, um, in there, but also just having a good discussion. Oftentimes I'll cite the science and the research, and then these guys will dumb it down for me and, and throw an in the trenches approach. So it's, it's kind of something that anyone can listen to, but it's cutting through the industry and giving some good quality information on a lot of different topics. Awesome. All righty. Perfect. So Scott and Dan from the district training facility in East Hanover, New Jersey. Thank you both so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Bree. Of course. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.